0: And he's like, yes. All right. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Really Big Fan Pod, our special evening edition of the Really Big Fan Pod. What we decided is that we started doing it in the mornings because that's when nerd radio is. But because we're uh, bigger fans of, like, the late night, uh, we're just going to gradually move it to, like, 1130. <laughs> so we'll be on right after the news. And... uh
1: the, no, the reason why we are here on the lateness was I was being a construction paparazzi for the last two days, so right. I needed to go do human
0: things. You had work that paid you money. Yes. So you could pay the rent. Yes. So, uh, and of course, you can help us pay the rent if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast by going over to patreon.com slash really big fan If you want a commercial free version of the show, as well as our upcoming uh, second Patreon only show, the double feature, uh is gonna be featured over there. You give us five bucks a month, you're in. You're in indoor. Uh but uh be- besides that, we've got a great show for this week. We're gonna be talking to a buddy of mine, uh Tim, about his love of Sega, most uh most importantly, the Sega Dreamcast. Before we get there though, you know we gotta hit them headlines. <laughs> All right, so the really big news that dropped on Monday were the pictures of, uh... Spider-Man! No, of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, and uh, and Hugh Jackman in his yellow and blue Wolverine costume, filming uh, on location in front of a decimated 20th Century Fox logo, <laughs> having what looked like to be some kind of cool fight that we can expect in Deadpool 3. Suit looks real good.
1: Yeah, what's it? You have a theory on this.
0: The yellow suit? Yeah. Uh, you're gonna...
1: General uh, Deadpool, you're basically saying that you think that they're bringing back all of the old characters so he can kill them.
0: Yeah, that's been well. Like you've seen the tweets where uh, Channing Tatum is actually going to get to play Gambit mm-hmm. in Deadpool three, and the other uh, and I think that yeah, this is Deadpool. It's going to be kind of like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, but it's going to be Deadpool cool. Deadpool kills the Fox. Marvel Universe. <laughs> so they have to get the Fantastic Four in there as well. But um, what's her face? Jennifer Gardner supposed to be Elektra? Yep. In this one? We'll see if we can get Ben Affleck to be Daredevil Yeah. one more time.
1: I mean, it depends on if they have to. I mean, they co-parent, so they should be fine. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know that you pointed out to me the the silver on the gloves. I think that's so they can put the graphics in later. Oh, I'm sure. The, I don't think that. The, For the claws. Like, I don't think he does, like. Not not practical in the way that like they do
0: for Batman and his like arm guards. So if you watch some of the behind the scenes footage from the first couple X-Men movies, they did have a specific kind of glove device, which cosplayers have now adapted that they can grab onto that puts the claws.
1: Yeah. Like it's in your finger like you can. Right. But but yeah, that's what it looked like unless, you know, he doesn't have
0: his claws for some reason in this movie. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe he doesn't use the claws because they're too expensive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah who knows but i i honestly i thought he looked really cool in the suit that's cool um i know we've kind of gone off the rails before on like dream castings for that but i'm just really happy to see Hugh one
0: more time i kind of hope yeah king out of the chat says give me spiral i agree give me crazy six-armed spiral from the x-men comics um i'm really interested for who gets to be wolverine next i hope i live long enough that they recast Wolverine. They've recast Spider-Man three times on me already. Yeah, well, that wasn't necessary. No, but it was fascinating. And every time, it was kind of a level up. Like, Andrew Garfield, arguably a, a cooler Spider-Man than, uh than well, I can't even remember his name, the first guy, Tobey Maguire. Uh, yeah. And then Tom Holland is great.
1: Yeah, which, like, I, it, this is another side note here, is that um, I had my buddy Tony yelling at me for not watching the Star Wars prequels. Wait till he finds out that I didn't watch the Andrew Garfield ones until
0: <laughs> yeah, until like about what like twelve months ago. Yep, they weren't, they weren't even about anything. I had to go and uh, and buy the Blu-rays. Yep, so that you could see them.
1: But they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he
0: deserves a third. I agree. I think I think if we're going to continue to get uh, Venom movies and Kraven. And Morbius, like, just make Andrew Garfield the Spider Man that has to deal with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, because at least it'll be funny in that regard. It'll
0: be yeah, we'll have a good, we'll have a good time. I
1: really want to see Andrew Garfield Spider Man making fun of Venom. That would be Venom. Um, uh, Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, yeah. Just make fun of Jared Leto. <laughs> just
0: mercilessly. You're a vampire, dude. Like a real vampire. No, you're a science vampire. dude. <laughs> he would
1: totally do that. <laughs>
0: So like when you inject
1: people with your teeth, does that mean you inject them with things like
0: (laughs) shit like that? While we're talking about movies too, Uh, Seth Rogen is currently doing press for the Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out because he's one of the executive producers on it and said when he was young, he was obsessed with Michelangelo and actually um, busted himself open with a pair of nunchucks and destroyed a chandelier. (laughs) As a child,
1: you know, I'm not shocked by any of that information.
0: No, I can uh, I can attest that when the Ninja Turtles were at their peak, um, yeah, you wanted you wanted like maybe not a real sword, but like yeah, I wanted some nunchucks and like yeah, I, I had a stick that I drew on, so it looked like Donatello's stick, and <laughs> I swung that thing around, and I maybe bopped myself a few times with it as well.
1: I had a friend that had a um a Father that did martial arts, yeah. So I got to play with some nunchucks, dights, nice. and and in just in general, if you were a silly bitch like me, a silly goose maybe, <laughs> you are definitely like Michelangelo. Like that's like a D and placement all on its own. It is, yeah. Which
0: Ninja Turtle are you?
1: <laughs> like chaotic good, like yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely.
0: Which is fun because there are stories about them playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, which is really funny. There was an episode uh, in the most recent in my favorite cartoon oh, wait, I where think they played Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't that when that that kid was like. I just wanted people to.
0: Yes, there was a there was a kid that got mutated into an owl, uh-huh. got psychic powers, and made them see. Uh, made them see their their and then left the D and D books out for them to find them, so they'd get excited about playing D and D. So we
1: yeah, friends. Yep. So I recall that. Yep. Good stuff. All right, I got one for you. Yeah, this is not the most pleasant one, but I apologize. Well, it's uh, news is up and down. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for being a Debbie Downer in here, but uh, they have been talking about the strike some more, and this, one of
0: uh, the writer strike.
1: Yep, and they were talking about how they are waiting that hopefully they'll get to by October, and most writers will be running out of money mm. after five months on the picket lines with no work. And it says the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses, a studio
0: executive told Deadline. Wild that you can say that shit with a straight face and not realize you're a monster.
1: Yeah, there's like no empathy whatsoever within that. And like people were saying, like, you know, important reminder, we're dealing with scumbags here. Yeah. Never mind the fact that the huge number of us couldn't pay our rent on their shitty pay to begin with. So
0: I, I hate to say it, but I, I really hope the uh, I hope the Screen Actors Guild joins in. I hope all, I hope all the, the unions join in and fucking take them to the cleaners, man.
1: Yeah, they have to. They have
0: to do something. because. But it's it's this kind of thing where like we all got to survive, too. Right. So, like exactly. they, they, their strategy is valid that eventually it'll be like, all right, just fucking take the bad deal. Yeah, so I can get a fucking paycheck again.
1: Nope, I, I mean I've been there in certain cannabis situations. There have been where there have been boycotts and things like that. And if you are seen crossing the picket line, right, you, you basically lose your career. So you have to be really careful of like what things you take on and what's part of the MCMA and what's not.
0: That's the thing I wonder about this this writers guild strike is like, yeah, they could just like hire people off the street to write and make bad versions of shows, mm-hmm. you know, that w- that we all appre- I mean that the last time there was a the a writers kerfuffle with television is when we got the second season of Heroes and like right. the bad season of lost and a whole bunch of other shows. Uh, but it it makes me wonder how far The writers guild of america kind of reaches Mm -hmm. like does it does it reach into like internet videos does it reach into music videos does it reach into novels does it reach into comic books kind of thing like i don't i don't think it does
1: to a degree like there might be like some online content that might fall into it it depends on who is publishing it i would assume if it's coming from like a media outlet, like a buzzfeed or something that's not really part of it from what i understand but right If you had, you know, digital content for like, I don't know, uh, MTV, I don't know, something like that, like that might fall into the category. But the other thing is, is that like, so coming from the area of artists as I'm in, sure, like to me, all I see happening is that they'll start extending, uh... Job opportunities to people who are trying to get into the industry. Yes. Under that guise of like, ooh, come in for small pay and we'll give you exposure. Right. And all that. Exactly. And there will be some people that take it because unfortunately, you know, a lot of the time artists are, you know, scrambling to try to make money and the, sometimes the network is oversaturated. And then people start taking less money for what they should be doing. Sure. Like, I I know even here versus L.A., like, the cost of even uh, my friend doing makeup mm-hmm. is vastly different. Like, her low day here is way different than her low day out there. Sure. So, it, you have to kind of look at it from that perspective, too. And it sucks because then you have to be the person that makes the decision, do I eat or not?
0: That's what, yeah.
1: And that's where, you know, you become a... <laughs> You become that bad person that everyone wants to ostracize because you went and took the paycheck. So it's a double edged sword. It's like where's your morals, and then you're gonna be hung
0: for. I understand people that get angry for other people crossing the picket line, but like direct that anger at the guy who says I'm just waiting for you to lose your house so that you take less pay. Absolutely. You you need to remember that the guy crossing the picket line does need probably to eat and need a paycheck and like the real problem is the dude at the top of the pyramid.
1: Well and that's what they're banking on though is that they want us to turn on each other. Exactly. And they'll find ways to make that happen while they get to keep their money and that's what that is. So it sucks but it's that that is the
0: reality. Well uh, while we're talking about things that suck in (laughs) uh, Microsoft and Activision won their court case here in the US. Oh yeah. To go ahead and let Microsoft by Activision. Oh. Um, The thing that's weird about it is that the judge is family members with someone who works on Call of Duty, which is an Activision property.
1: Yeah. That should not. That should be. Oh, wow. Yeah, that should be a conflict of interest on so many levels. That's like when you make a job application, it's like, have you ever, is any of your family members work here? Yeah. It's one of the questions that's always on there.
0: But so. um yeah so the the next step is that uh over in the UK they have some some concerns about cloud gaming mm-hmm. that they're going to have to uh be be able to prove they're not going to screw up by monopolizing such a large part of the gaming market. Yeah. It's wild to me too to think that like ba- mainly all of this like Microsoft buying Activision all this whole thing is held up by essentially one franchise of games in call of duty (laughs) and like it's a franchise of games i understand why people enjoy call of duty right i did not understand how big a piece of the pie call of duty was i mean until this all went down and it was like yeah we're not gonna let this go through based on call of duty not just call of duty and world of warcraft and this and this and no call of Duty. Yep. As long as Call of Duty can continue to be on every machine, then you guys can buy them.
1: Well, and it's wild because even if you're not into it, like, you've had Call of Duty before, right?
0: Yeah, I've played Call of Duty. That's I, what I'm
1: saying. Like, even for someone who doesn't play games like that, you have played it. That's how right. like, this works. Like, they get so many people in on it, and then, like, I, I feel like at one point, wasn't there a thing where, like, Fortnite was taking up so much of the pie and...
0: Well... Know, well, there was a thing, I think it was last year, or the year before, where Apple took Fortnite off of the servers. It was. Because Fortnite decided to start selling V-Bucks in-game yes. instead of you having to go through third parties because Apple takes so much uh, additional out of that. And they're like, OK, well, we'll just start selling them in the game. And Apple's like, no, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. And that's where I say, like, that is the setup with something like Call of Duty. It's like... When something is that
0: much in demand, they're going to, you know, right. for it. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. Also, as far as uh, I, I don't want to say the words Call of Duty anymore. I feel like we've said them 50 times in the last three minutes. Duty, duty, uh, <laughs> duty, duty, But um, the Homelander is coming to Call of Duty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is... You said also Starlight.
0: I think it's supposed to be Starlight, Homelander, and Black Noir. I don't know why you can't play as Billy Butcher... Just get awesome. get that actor whose name escapes me at the very moment. Get him, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Get Carl Urban to s- call people cunts, <laughs> kill him in Call of Duty, and you've got me back in.
1: <laughs> yep. No, that would be really fun. I mean, honestly, like as I when I saw that Starlight was on the list, I was like, ew. Like it's weird. Uh, like she's not even cool. Like. <laughs> Like I would take Frenchie over that.
0: Like I was gonna say, what do you want? Uh, uh, What was her? Mave would be better. Mave would be pretty good. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the Nazi. I don't
0: want. You want. You want to be able to play as her?
1: No, no, no. Storm something. Stormfront. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No. But the boys. The boys
0: in Call of Duty makes total sense. Yeah.
1: No, that would be makes perfect. That's
0: pretty good. You can cap the Homelander versus John (laughs) McClane versus Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. God.
1: (laughs) A a little bit of canon news here. We've got Snoop Dogg's Death Row Cannabis, and it's coming to Michigan. Oh. So he launched this. He bought the rights to Death Row Records. Yeah. Okay. So he owns that company now. Suge Knight does not have any access to that anymore. Sure. So now he owns the company, and obviously it was a record label before, But he obviously then can pick what trademark. He's he's expanding. Yes. So it's going to be. Of course,
0: Snoop Dogg is going to expand it to marijuana.
1: Exactly. So he's got the um, Death Row Cannabis. It was launched in December 2022 out there. They haven't announced the exact date, but it's supposed to be late summer. It'll be sold in eights with additional products to follow. Sure. Which I think this is part of the reason why we saw like maybe a month or so ago Snoop Dogg was giving death row chains to everybody. Mm. Like he gave one to Ed Sheeran. Yeah, what does Ed Sheeran need a death row chain for? I
0: think he went to that Taylor Swift concert and got all that candy and was like, "Well, I gotta give people something."
1: <laughs> no, like, he um he gave them to like I think he put them on um Becky and Bianca yeah WWE as well right and I'm just like these have to be like. You know 50 cent chains from like the little ball containers right not be actual ice chain no definitely I, I wouldn't think <laughs> but yes. wild if they were. so so we'll see what happens there but uh I I'm best betting that that means that Snoop will be out here promoting it so that all
0: so many rate. people have cannabis products now like Mike Tyson's got a cannabis product isn't it like a gummy ear? Yep. That you can eat.
1: Yep. There's a the ear with the bite out of it. Yeah. They did actually cut Evander Holyfield in there finally, so they they had him in
0: the promo for around Christmas time. So like Kevin Nash has has cannabis product. Yep. Who's your favorite, and whose do you think gets you the most high? I well,
1: heh, I haven't had tried the Kevin Nash one yet. So that I I've had some stuff from Cookies. It's all right. That's Burner's brand. Um, he's a rapper. But honestly, like, Darren McCarty's stuff was really good. It was really good. I really loved um, both the flower and uh, the CBD roll-on that they had. And that was done by Pincata, I think, is the the distributor. Uh, One of the worst ones I ever had was Lil Wayne's brand. Oh, no! Lil
0: Wayne's brand was awful. Okay, but so Darren McCarty's, you would say, is the good one. Which one, who do you think gets you the most high?
1: I mean still the Darren McCarty stuff, the Darren stuff. Really, really strong. Like it was it was good. It helped with pain management on top of it. You're, it was like it was mm.
0: You're two for two, D Yeah. Sponsor our podcast.
1: <laughs> right. You know, I, I run into him all the time. <laughs>
0: He's a local a local. He's a local guy. Absolutely. I told you about this last week in comic book news, but uh there's a Edge of the Spider-Verse number four. They're doing like another Edge of the Spider-Verse series where they have Different universes where different people, are Spider-Man, or the other you know, things are a little different.
1: Yeah, was that the thing that Jessica Jones was in?
0: It was not. No, that it was okay. that was a different uh, was story. Another one. Yep. Yeah, but uh, there's a alternate universe where J. Jonah Jameson. Oh no. Gets the spider powers, <clears throat> and Peter Parker builds the suit for him, and is his guy in the chair. Oh. He yeah. calls himself Headline. Oh god. And his god. costume looks like a whole bunch of newspapers, and he's got a cape what of newspapers. Is... That's amazing. Yeah, that came out last week. As, as and then a book that came out this week that we talked about a few months ago when they announced it, the Fallen Friend: Death of Miss Marvel, is basically the uh, funeral for Miss Marvel who died in Amazing Spider-Man 25 last month. Um, and I was showing you before the podcast. The really interesting thing is that when you get to the end of the book, there's a page that's just a QR code, which takes you to a like post-credit scene for the book that I will not spoil but it's interesting that that's how they decided to do it because I don't remember any other Marvel books doing that where it's like here's your post credit scene and you gotta go you know stick your phone up to it and go to it that's pretty cool yeah isn't he and dig that
1: I don't know if anybody on here has been rocking on threads yet but um threads has been a big deal for the past week in social media. Yeah. They've had millions of sign ups and stuff like that. So obviously Zuckerberg kind of like hee 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 at a lot of stuff. He's kind of for sure. It's funny to me because he's never been like the guy to like come out and say things like yeah and now all of a sudden he's starting to fuck around a little bit you
0: think maybe he's got a media team that's like what if we add this to your personality because elon is such a bombastic Uh like yeah
1: i have a baby exactly what's happening
0: it's like what if we put what if we just poke the bear as much as
1: possible as you so then they ended up releasing somebody had released the photo of zuckerberg with two guys from mma or something like that Uh there. they're all shirtless zuck has a six pack does he Zuck has a six pack. I need to see this. What in the world?
0: Dang, sir.
1: Nerd with abs. Dang. Like he he looks like a CPR dummy, but that's beside the point.
0: No, he's slim. Yeah, but that means he's fast. Like I if just looking, just judging from these two pictures, if they did do their fight, Elon's probably got the reach, but Zuckerberg's got the the speed.
1: Yep. And I honestly think if you put those two to, together to actually do a fight, Zuckerberg's been training longer. Probably so, unfortunately, like, like, I'm Team Zuck on that one, but I
0: mean, whichever billionaire uh loses, we win. Uh,
1: yeah, but if this- no, I, I need Elon to lose, I need I need yeah. it in my life, exactly. So, it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm just like, if they you- Zuckerberg versus Musk, hell in a cell, book it trips. I need it.
0: <laughs> if they you, you had said when when they first started talking about that, if they could put like whichever one loses they have to shut down their twitter or threads Uh if they could make put that in writing like that's such wrestling bullshit but that would be so hilariously fun
1: i I feel like that would be perfect and like yeah like whoever wins has to give up or the other guy has to give up the social media yes i I feel like zuckerberg would still win i I, really do i think we all hope elon's a little bitch (laughs) babe Don't say that too loud to
0: shut our Twitter down. I don't care. <laughs> I already made us a threads account. There you go. Well it was on threads. Speaking of hilariously fun, we're going to get to our interview segment. We've got, as I said earlier, my buddy Tim from Bath of the Future. He is a fantastic uh conversation as always. Hopefully this will not be the last time we have him on the show. Uh, but he's gonna tell us all about his love for the Sega Dreamcast next on the Really Big Fan Pod. <laughs> The really big fan podcast i'm super excited this week because for the first time on the really big fan podcast and hopefully not the last i got a good buddy of mine his name is tim and uh he is the lead singer and guitarist for the band bathroom of the future and one of the biggest fans of the c- company sega that i i know of so i was like tim we gotta you gotta come on you gotta tell us about your love for sega and all their
2: systems tim how you doing tonight I'm good. I'm good. I'm. I'm sorry. It took me so long to get on here. It wasn't for. It, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't for wanting trying.
0: <laughs> That's true. Very true. So, um, I know that, uh, we have quite a few things in common. One of which being that, uh, at least twice during the video game wars, we picked the losing side in <laughs> Sega.
2: <laughs> more, more than twice. I'm at various points, and I don't say this to boast, merely as a statement of fact. I have owned every single system that uh sega's released in america or at least some variation thereof right like i have a, at one point in high school a friend of mine was like hey you like those old video games right my grandma was throwing this out and he handed me a trash bag full of what would be a master system two okay uh <laughs> which i had actually not seen up to that point and I'm, it's the only one i've ever seen in person because i've never really looked for master system stuff i don't i think i had like zillion Right, yeah. so the, we could say perhaps that's the depth of my Sega fandom is that I am an American and I own Zillion.
0: <laughs> Did you have a question, or no, you want me no, keep no, going? Keep... Okay, <laughs> then I will. I will
1: continue. I know absolutely nothing about Sega, with the exe- uh, exception of I played Aladdin on it once, and
2: Sonic the Hedgehog. And
1: Sonic the Hedgehog on it. Everyone, everyone
2: knows who Sonic is. It's part of the reason we have furries. Him yeah, exactly, Fox.
1: exactly. Not that, not that I'm God. judging.
2: I have, I have uh, furry friends.
1: I was going to say that and Robin Hood
2: yeah <laughs> and
0: thundercats
1: and thundercats yes
0: this is not a podcast about furries
1: <laughs> not this time
2: not
0: not yet not, not this yet. week not this not week Sonic, but it, w- <laughs> it will be eventually i'm sure oh god so so your first sega system as you said was like a master system too um i know that you've uh we we've talked before about the fact that the genesis was really really big in your yes. household uh were was- you a did you have a Nintendo Entertainment System and a Genesis, or was were you one of those households? Because Genesis, when it came out, had all those ads about how it does what Nintendo not Right.
2: So speaking to that point, we, we did have both, and we'd wind up with the Super Nintendo shortly thereafter. The initial thinking, however, because of those ads, was that the NES was for my sister and I, and ostensibly the Genesis was for Dad. Ah. So the day we bought the Genesis, here's an old sentence, it was at a software, etc., um excellent and um it, it was late enough in the saga's lifespan late enough i say in air quotes uh that it still had sonic the hedgehog with it um and the same day we bought that my dad purchased if i remember correctly dad also purchased the joe montana football yeah that, that wasn't the madden game uh the ghostbusters game which is fantastic and then the rambo 3 game which is fine uh, and mostly just existed because these were things that a dad would own for a video yeah. game console in 1991.
0: That's what that's what I wanted to ask you because you've mentioned before that your your dad was really big on the Genesis. I know that uh, yeah. I I've told Amy before, but I don't think I've told the story on the podcast. My dad bought us a Genesis after we went over to my uncle's on uh, on one Thanksgiving, and he had the Genesis with like I think it was NHL '97, and he was there so. He was so stoked to beat like tiny 14, 15 year old me who plays video games all the time at a video game. So like a week later, my dad went and bought a Genesis and NHL so that when we went back at Christmas. I could whoop them because <laughs> that's just the relationship they had. What were I mean, you you mentioned the, the football game and, and Rambo. What were some of your dad's favorite games in the Genesis?
2: So eventually the Genesis would also get kind of seeded over to, to my sister and I, right? As as did most entertainment devices in that household. But I remember my dad was always just super open to, like, rent stuff, and a lot of it wound up being, like, licensed titles just for stuff that he'd heard of, right? Because it's like, you're a dad, you're walking through this Genesis section of Blockbuster, are you gonna rent Dynamite Henny, or are you gonna rent the Totally Okay Beavis and Bloodhead game, right? Sure. So, like, so dad was super into, like, Evis and Butthead, and uh, uh, Stimpy's invention—the the I would argue better of the Ren and Stimpy games—and then um, sports games occasionally. I remember there's a lot of like car racing games, and I don't remember my dad ever specifically being into like automotive sports. But my dad worked in the automobile industry as like a like a CAD designer, so he just thought cars were neat. So it'd be like, hey, Italian guy, I've never heard of with F1 racing. I'll rent that. That's worth three bucks for a weekend kind of stuff, right? right?
1: I miss being able to rent video games like that.
0: Right. I mean, we kind of have that with like Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, and the PlayStation service now. But you don't it's get not to say no. You don't get to go to a store and wander an aisle and look at box art and be yeah. like What's that one. Because no one's gonna try to
2: convince though... me to rent Congo.
1: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Even though I didn't do Sega, like that was how I had access to a lot of games. Was there was a Blockbuster and a what do you call it? Um,
0: a, like a Hollywood video or was
1: a movie. Hollywood video uh it, it might have been a Hollywood video because I don't think family video existed yet so it definitely but definitely blockbuster for a bit of time but well, you and, had blockbuster
2: and a second one which is right what counts. And yeah. my
1: dad like when he would get movies he would like bootleg them
2: Yes. Like he just like <laughs> yes. he,
1: he hooked two yes. VRs together and yep. would copy one to the other. Absolutely and like if that could have been done with games, my mom's boyfriend would have done that, like <laughs> after my dad had passed, because that would have totally been his bag. But uh yeah, I think I rented a bunch of games, but I only had a super.
0: A super Nintendo. So, sure, yeah. yeah. And I think I've told you before that uh, I actually, uh, the same uncle that I beat at NHL years prior when my parents had got me an Atari 800 computer, they got me that instead of a Commodore 64 because my uncle had one. So for Christmas, he gives me this box of discs and each disc has four games on it and essentially bootlegged about 60 games. Okay.
2: I was just about to say my, my dad at work, because again, due to my dad's job, we were also like the first people on the block that had like, a decent like Windows computer and the internet. Yeah. So my dad was deep into like the weird like shareware, like demo scene trading where he'd come he'd come home from work with just like a stack of floppy discs where it'd say like Raptor, call of the shadows written on it and like masking tape. And he'd install this like totally sick like airplane game on the computer and decades and decades later I'd realize, oh yeah, one guy at his office bought those and was just handing them out. There's yeah. no way to stop that from happening. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right that's another thing that we have in common is that both of our dads were i mean my dad wasn't a huge gamer but they both had a definite love I know. Like the beginning yeah. of uh the first person shooter with yes with quake and stuff like my dad my... Have, as soon as they went 3d like i think quake 2 i tried to get into play and he couldn't figure out mouse and keyboard he was just Keyboard controls and a lot of just like moving around.
2: Which is fair. No, which is totally fair. Like some people still don't like those. Um fair. my dad stuck around until about Quake Three. And he would say he would say that he stopped playing first person shooters as soon as I was consistently better than him at them, which ah. I believe. Um, but like, so not to not to turn this into the dad cast, but like a little before he passed, I gave him access to my uh good old games account because he was also working from home and had a ton of spare time. Spare time was not something my dad was used to for the last couple decades of his life. So, uh, I signed into my good old games account a little after he passed away and the first two things I saw were like, wow, I don't remember having this many hours logged in Quake 1 and Duke Nukem 3D, and it (laughs) turns out that was Dad using my account when I wasn't around, to the point where my, hey, Timmy, I don't know what you put on your dad's computer, but I cannot hear the TV. There's just explosions and cuss words coming from the other room, and I was delighted.
0: Who keeps coming home every night, sitting down at the computer and tipping digital strippers over and over again? <laughs> they don't understand it.
2: Listen, if this is the worst thing that like a man that age could be up to, I think we're all doing good. Yeah. Uh, for sure.
0: <laughs> so skip ahead a few generations. Yeah. Your favorite Sega system that you're here today to talk about is the Sega Dreamcast, which is essentially the final Sega hardware.
2: It is. It it, it is, unless you're unless you're uh one of those that believes conspiracy theories about the Xbox, which I don't fully subscribe to, but <laughs> but yes, the the Dreamcast was it and I admit I think that's a big part of why I still like it. It's like <laughs> here's yeah, none of these words are about to be in the Bible, but like I am to the Dreamcast what like firefly people are. To Firefly where it's like, no, if the Dreamcast would have held on for like four more years, Sega would still be in business and it would have been the greatest game console ever, right? Like, I'm just making stuff up to justify this thing that I like to myself that didn't stick around as long as I felt like it should have. And I fully admit that. But yeah, like I talk about the Dreamcast the same way people talk about like Farscape.
0: Yeah. And and I I feel like cause even I have a man, if they'd have just release like uh The Star Wars arcade game, which was the yep. in the arcades at the time, if they would have packed that in with the Dreamcast, they would have sold tons of systems. If they could have got us another Panzer Dragon on the Dreamcast, I'd have been in. Like my sister <laughs> got a Dreamcast because she was working at EB and a handful of games. And I think I bought like the Resident Evil, the Berserk game because I, yeah. I didn't know what Berserk was, but this is anime as fuck, so like I'm digging it. This guy's got a huge sword.
2: Yeah, do you remember when the Dreamcast had a Berserk and a JoJo's game before 99 of the Western world cared? Right. Right. That's bonkers to me. I can, I can technically go play a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure game from when I was 13. I wouldn't know what JoJo's was like as a concept for another decade.
0: Nope. Nope, not at all.
1: Was that Cowboy Bebop game on that?
0: That is I have a Cowboy Bebop game for the PS1, okay. and then a couple of years ago I discovered that the PS2 game actually came out. Oh, so, well, okay,
2: wasn't no. it just in did it come out here or was that just nope, like just Europe? In Japan. Yeah, yeah, okay. You can't yeah, really
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. not anything yeah. on it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no
2: but just no. the
0: fact it existed, I was like, well, I have to own it.
1: Yeah.
2: Just I I love so much that we didn't get the Cowboy Bebop game, but we got the Lupin the Third game. Now, right. that's not a judgment of quality, because I freaking love Lupin the Third, but it's like, dog, it is it is the PlayStation 2 generation. Which one of these two anime are people going to recognize?
0: Yeah, which <laughs> one is going to be an Adult Swim and which one is not?
2: Right. <laughs> which Which one of them do I know about, because I have Castle of Caliostra on videotape? And then, if I'm that sort of person, do I have 40 bucks right now? The answer is yeah. no. <laughs>
0: so what are what are some of the high marks for the dreamcast for somebody like possibly like amy that's never played the dreamcast what would all right well some of the, like really great things that came out on
2: that the the thing about the dreamcast and i think this is the thing that really appealed to me is that like so much of it was e- even if not specifically arcade ports it was very much that sega ethos of just like kind of faster paced action games right so it's like Once a year, I'll have the patience and the room in my brain for a JRPG, but it doesn't happen that often. Whereas 99% of Dreamcast games, you can sit down and start playing it. Within like 10 minutes, you understand what the thing you're supposed to be doing is, right? Like, oh, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm for some reason hanging out at a hotel pool, but I'm aware that I'm Sonic the Hedgehog and I know how to do Sonic the Hedgehog things, right? So a lot of the stuff I've always recommended has just been like that, where it's like, okay, you need to play... The first Sonic Adventure, because I'm one of those weirdos that thinks the first one's better. Someone with a Shadow of the Hedgehog tattoo is really upset at me for saying that, and I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I've always preferred the first one. Um, You need to play that. You need to play uh, Crazy Taxi, just because it's the greatest car-driving game you're ever going to experience, for right? Sure. Bad religion or otherwise. Arcade. Yeah.
1: yeah, that one was definitely an
0: arcade for me. Yep.
2: I- And the Dreamcast
0: one had the soundtrack
2: on it, didn't it? The Dreamcast one is the last one that had the soundtrack. The GameCube one might have. I can't promise that because I didn't own it. I I did go through a phase where every time I saw a Dreamcast game on another system, I was too grumpy to buy that. Yeah. Even though, in a lot of cases, they had like extra stuff. Like I've come to understand the the GameCube version of Sonic Adventure 1 kind of sucks, but I believe the gamecube version of sonic adventure 2 has like extra things going on in it i was too bitter to play it i was not going to do that to myself i already have sonic adventure 2 on the system it's supposed to be on
0: that reminds me as an aside i saw somebody tweet uh last weekend that time gal is going to be on the switch
2: Okay, it Sega is. CD I don't know if it's game. coming out in English. That that's a Sega CD game. That's relevant right. to this conversation. No, um, I don't know if it's getting localized uh, uh, because I'm sure the Eng- English rights to that game are a nightmare. Just like for oh, everything sure. that came out before like 1997. But like, I'll buy Time Gal again.
0: I'm not above this. That was the only I I bought Time Gal for someone else's Sega CD system so I could play it because it was just, like Dragon Dragon's Lair but with anime. You're just like pushing left or right and trying to get her through different uh yeah. you know, Little, like the prehistoric era and the futuristic there's era. There's
2: like beautiful 80s anime happening and then like a gem on one side of each four sides of the screen lights up. You just like mash a button in that direction. Yeah. Whoops, I didn't get eaten by a dinosaur. Oh boy. Right. <laughs> I we we let people get away with that for a long time. Uh oh, yeah. like laser disc games, like that that's an 80 sentence right there
1: <laughs> well you do have a song called laser disc collection correct? exactly
2: yeah I since that song has come out I have owned more laser discs because of people thinking I need them because of that song than I did prior <laughs> uh yes. a, fr- a friend of friend of ours who moved to Flint forever ago uh right when they were moving out some some crap came up and they I happened to be in Ferndale that day where their house was and they just needed me to drop their modem back off to Comcast and they text me and they're like hey Tim I left something on the porch for you I get there, and there's just like a tied up garbage bag full of like laser discs. And I open up, and the first thing on top is uh, Batman 89. Yeah.
0: So it's not even
2: like they were bad ones, right? The problem is, this was a pile of laser discs that now I have to keep and be responsible for because these are totally sick and I don't know what I'm going to do with them. You don't even own a laser disc player, do you? Not anymore. No. <laughs> I do. I I do own a Sega CD. So if you need something to play Time Gal on, I think Ooh, I still own Time Gal.
0: Hey, all right. <laughs> it's a, it's all the
2: right. CDX specifically. It's the weird tiny Walkman looking one where it's like both oh, yeah, in that one thing unit. yeah, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. You gotta. I haven't fired it up in years, and I'm terrified because they. I, I guess there's a very common problem with them where unless you store it perfectly flat on its bottom, something just disconnects on the inside, like the laser just wiggles itself loose over time and gravity, right? Like. The idea terrifies me, so I'm. it's it's Schrodinger's CDX. I'm too yep. scared to actually use it, but I know I still have one.
0: I had that problem last year. I went to boot up my Saturn after months of inactivity, and it just stopped working.
2: Saturns are real bad about that. There's, like, some capacitor or some lens or something, right? I'm not an expert. I, I love the Saturn. I own two of them. One of them is to play Japanese games, which, you know, again, I can't read. I paid five bucks for this copy of Soul Hackers. I have to, like, keep holding my phone up to it to, like, Google Translate what the menu yep. options are. Oh, I think that means summon. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so as we mentioned, you are you are in a band known as Bathroom yeah. of the Future and a lot of your songs are about things like the Sega Dreamcast. Um That's true. What would what would you how how would you explain yourselves as a band to somebody who's never heard of Bathroom of the Future?
2: We get compared to Weezer a lot, and I think it's just because I look like I do, but that's fine. Um
1: well nerd rock it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. kind of the
2: same vibe, right? Like I'd always loved, like, any, even above and beyond, like, kind of obvious pop culture references or anything, I'd always loved any band that made, like, super specific references to something that only made sense to, like, the singer. Like, uh, the first, like, uh, there's a piebald song where half the lyrics are just the singer mentioning their friends by name. And it's like, I don't I don't know Michael. I don't, I've never been to Newberry Comics, but I understand how that feels. I'm glad he got a different job, right? Like, that always made it more relatable to me. And then as soon as I heard In the Garage, I was like, oh, sure. I know exactly what this guy's whole deal is. He, he, yeah, I, I know who Kitty Pride is. I've owned Dungeons & Dragons manuals. This is fine, right? Or like, arguably, I would say even more to the point, uh, Jawbreaker. There's a Jawbreaker, you know, they have these, like, beautiful literary emotive lyrics. And then in one song, he mentions getting drunk and hooking up a Sega because he's at his house by himself. <laughs> and he specifically named check Sega. And I'm like, okay, Blake, I know what this is. I know what this song's about. Now, thank you. So I guess that's what we go for. That's a lot of words to say that that's what we go for. <laughs> like, I, you, you, a lot of the people that have come to see us were not alive at a point where Toonami had a programming block called Midnight Run. But, like, they have also stayed up late so they could hear the bleach with cuss words on the TV. Right. So they know what I'm talking about.
1: I think I, what I've always encountered when I have brought up your band is somebody mm-hmm. going, what in the world is a bathroom of the future? <laughs> and I'm like... I think you have to listen to find out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. The bathroom of the future is anywhere you need it to be.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, and one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the podcast specifically now is because you guys have a show coming up. I think it's next week.
2: Yes. We it's a week from Thursday as we record this. Yes. Yeah. So that that's a timely reference. Two weeks from now, no one will have any idea what the hell I'm talking about. No, that is angel (laughs) light milk.
0: All the streamcast talk gone.
2: (laughs) No, (laughs) listen. Yeah, okay. You and your limp biscuit ass video game system from 1999. What's all this about Weedus?
0: That's what I was gonna say. You guys are opening up what is a week from uh, Thursday for Weedus. We are. It's going to be Uh,
2: delightful. It's our first time at the Magic Bag in Ferndale, which is. A venue I occasionally have to remind myself is a music venue because I've actually seen just as many movies there as yes. I've seen concerts. First, the first time I ever went there, our drummer James and I, and this is in twenty twelve before Bathroom even started. But the first time I was ever there, our drummer James and I went to see the Tim and Eric movie. Yes.
0: Nice. <laughs> I think I saw Scott Pilgrim there one time.
2: That that yeah, makes a ton been there of sense.
1: For like a radio show. Yeah. one yeah. 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 Like- Oh no, I I saw White Shag there once. Okay, which was pretty cool. They're they're fun, uh chick bassist. Yeah, I think vocalist as well. And they
2: get, they get like the kind of quote unquote fun music, right? Like actually, the first time I ever saw the Cybertronics Spree was there.
1: Mm, okay, yeah. gotcha.
0: I think um, we went and saw. Didn't we go and see uh the lead singer of the Refreshments in his band, yes, Roger Klein. The Roger, Klein, Roger Klein
2: played there, and then um a couple of years uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, like was it like early 2019 our friends in the band lung from cincinnati opened for the canadian band fucked up um uh, excellent and i love i love them and like the magic bag is absolutely a venue where the band name fucked up would be on the marquee right oh, yeah. so I was,
1: <laughs> they would just put the, little stars or something just yeah yeah the, the whole
2: the whole thing was just a perfect yeah. synthesis
1: yeah that place is it's interesting like i've never i, I think I, the only time i shot there was for white shag but it's, it's odd because they get like the weirdest shows at the same mm-hmm. time. Like they'll get like, you know, comedy things and then they'll have local stuff and then they'll have like a, an eighties night and then they'll have like something like weakness. So like, you right. never know yeah. what's going to happen there really.
2: They, they, no, exactly. They'll have like two Depeche Mode tribute bands, but then like, oh, it's Archers of Loaf or something. Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> so that should be awesome. Teen- yeah. no. Teenage dirt bag time. Everybody. It's going to be
2: very fun. excited. <laughs> that is that that is an album my dad and I actually listened to a bunch probably while we were playing Dreamcast games at some point at the house. So now this whole thing just comes back together. Every everything he about me is never heard huge... that song
1: until oh. me. I was That's like right. played this song on rock band. Yep. And he plays it, he said, like, This is awesome! And I was like, That's Welcome song. to the party, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Me. Yeah.
2: That that delights <laughs> me. Like as a man who is as aware of like alternative rock on the radio as you were, admittedly this surprises me. Yeah. Like yeah, we are like... slipping by a man who can talk to me about the Catherine wheel. wheel yeah, no, admittedly surprises me, right? Yeah.
0: Spot. And it got it got so funny that uh I ended up buying it in the Rocksmith game, which you plug the actual guitar into your Xbox for <laughs> so I can learn to actually play it. And it's just like this is a this is delightful.
2: Well somebody get, if somebody gets a boo-boo while they're playing, we'll have I'm, you go up and help. Yep, you, you got I this. can
0: play it. I can play it. <laughs> hey, I Like
2: you you actually know how it goes. You can just it's, borrow one of my <laughs> guitars and got this. Exactly.
1: So I, I think the only question I have to wrap this up, if we lean over toward the, the Sega stuff again real quick, if Sega put out a system now, would you guys be, like, the first in line to get it?
2: As long as it's not, like, as long as it's not, like, one of those, like, no-cartridge Android, like, downloadable systems, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm an old enough person to know that I still want it to just be, like, a regular-ass game console. But if they can promise me that, absolutely. Like, because the the rumors come up, like, every five years, like, hey, Microsoft is going to finally buy Sega. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, I play all the Yakuza games on PC anyway, so I'm not going to notice, right? right? But if they did that, and for some reason they were like, all right, we're discontinuing the Xbox brand, everybody. This is the Dreamcast 2024. They're like, sure, yes, I'll be there day one. And <laughs> what I'm going to do is just see what Sonic games are on it and just play those, right? It'll probably just be Sonic <laughs> Origins. And I'll just buy Sonic Origins again, and that's fine.
1: Can you imagine if they had the guy that voiced Sonic in the movies voice the game? How ridiculous that could get immediately.
2: I don't know. I would love that. Kevin, but, but I, I understand don't... that Ben Schwartz is an expensive man these days. I don't know if they're swinging that. I mean, for the he's game in
1: everything. This. Right. He really he is. is. He is. He was even he... in the Muppet TV show. <laughs> oh, he I have to like watch that. Cameo. I'm so excited. Yeah, he had a cameo in the Muppet TV show. You'll love it.
2: The um, guy it... who. The guy who plays him now was on the regular show a bunch, so I think that's why he's kept the role because everything I can think of that he's played has been like an anthropomorphic animal, ah. right? He he, I think he was like one of the assassins from Assassin's Creed, but I don't know anything about Assassin's Creed, so I might just be making stuff up. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't tell Ubisoft games apart anymore, right? Like Sam Fisher isn't in any of these, and they're all just like open world checkpoint fests. I can't do it, right?
0: um i've I've got one more question before we let you go because like i said you're probably the biggest sega fan i know in my life and we've talked for hours about this kind of thing but back when um the master system and the nintendo were pretty much going head to head um there was definitely a difference in philosophy between how and it took like everybody making video games years to figure out how to make home games as opposed to making arcade games that just racked up points and we're supposed to take quarters and making, it you know, we're unintentionally hard, but it felt like Sega had a much different philosophy on game making than Nintendo did, and I it, wonder if that's something
2: you can speak to. I, I think you're right, and, you know, I I think that kind of goes back to, like, kind of what I was saying when I was mentioning some Dreamcast games I like, just sort of my preference for how Sega does things, because they, everything they do is, like, you know, they're, all their games are, like, Not all their games, it's a bit of a generalization, but it's like a lot of their games are a little shorter, or they're a little easier to kind of figure out and understand, or in a lot of cases, they might just be like direct arcade ports. Speaking to Chuck's point, which I, I think you're absolutely right, you see a lot of that stuff for the NES where like, okay, we're making an NES version of the arcade game Strider. In the arcade game, Strider, it, like, you run forward, you jump, and you hit stuff with your sword, and then eventually you fight a robot gorilla in the Alps, right? Strider Strider, friggin' rules. I also love Strider. <laughs> we're gonna Okay, we're going to make an NES version of Strider. All right, Capcom, it's going to be a completely different game that's way closer to something like Metroid or almost like Bionic Commando where it's, like, a little slower paced. It's a little more right. exploratory. You kind of take your time over stuff. Sega makes a version of Strider for the Genesis. It's just Strider. Yeah, it's just it's the just the version games, of Strider where I'm fighting a robot monkey in the Alps and I hit stuff with my sword for you know a half an hour until the game isn't game's that over. enough for you? <laughs> 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 grateful peasants, but like I I think that's right because I I like a lot of NES games or, or just Nintendo games in general, but there'd be so many Nintendo games I encountered where like. It was a little slower to get started, or I didn't fully understand what was happening. I was one of the rare people that actually owned Earthbound back in the day. I had an incredibly loose concept of what an RPG was. I just thought it looked funny, and I liked how the uh, magazine ads always implied that the game smelled like farts. Terrible <laughs> choice in hindsight. Um, but I get there, and I'm like, wow, there's menus, and it asks me what my name was. I have to, like, eat pizza out of a trash can to get my health back. That's weird. I was just playing a game where I was just picking up rings and jumping off uh, jumping off robot beetles. So, I, I... I <laughs> You really saw that crystallize for Sega. I, I think you could kind of make the case you saw that crystallize for Sega for, like, the Dreamcast and Saturn days, even, where, yeah, they would sneak out RPGs, right? Like, shit, an RPG. Let's not kid ourselves, yeah. right? Or, like, the aforementioned Panzer Dragoon saga or Skies of Arcadia, which absolutely freaking rules. For sure. But then 90% of their output for both of them... The, the, heck, the point of the Dreamcast was to, like, perfectly replicate Sega's existing arcade hardware. Right. Going back to what Chuck was talking about with the Star Wars game... The point of the Dreamcast was like, okay, if you make an arcade game for a system called the Naomi, which is an acronym I'm not going to try to remember, um, so is Amy. But um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you remember me, damn it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like if if you make a game for the Naomi, you can very easily just put it out on the Dreamcast, and that's why you had stuff like Crazy Taxi or like why you were going to have these uh, Star Wars trilogy arcade, or why you did have the pod racing game and stuff, right? So, like, that—that that you really saw that kind of crystallize where it's like, listen, the one thing we've always been kicking butt in is the arcade. Let's just make a thing where we can very easily move our arcade games home. And, and even that was kind of at the point where you saw that not be a priority anymore, right? Because, you know, let, let's be honest, after about 2001 or 2002, even if there were still arcades around... They weren't nearly as big of a deal as they were even in the nineties, but they were clearly still less of a big deal than they were in the eighties, you know, like after a while it wasn't, hey, wow, this system runs a arcade perfect version of the first Soul Caliber, then it just became, oh, Soul Caliber is on this, I have to go buy it now. Right. Yeah.
0: And you Not that, that I haven't
2: bought a plenty of Soul Calibur.
0: You see, saw that in the Saturn, too, with, like, Virtual Fighter and, yeah. and uh, uh, Daytona USA and that kind e- of thing?
2: Exactly. Yeah, no, like, Sega's hold Like, the reason my family owned a Saturn was because my dad wanted to play House of the Dead at our house. Ah. And then when Dad found out House of the Dead 2 was going to be on the Dreamcast, mysteriously, we wound up with a Dreamcast, right?
0: <laughs> right. No, I think where Sega lost me during, like, the Genesis Nest days is, like, I would mm-hmm. beat a Nintendo game, like, Mega Man, and I'd get, like, this cool uh ending sequence and i'd get the credits and i get this cool music and then i'd beat a game on the genesis and i just get thank you for playing
2: yeah yeah just go back
0: to
2: the beginning somebody jumps by you see the treasure logo again and then mysteriously you're just like at the title screen right like (laughs) Nope. cool thanks man give give another shot if you want
1: i've seen him just watch credits on games and i don't understand it (laughs) so i guess i would have been fine with that
2: Yeah. See, like, it, it, it. Well, and again, I think it just shows like what the priorities were because this is also at the time when like people couldn't use their uh people couldn't use their real name in video game credits anyway because right. video game companies didn't want them getting headhunted. So like, you beat the Sega Genesis Ghostbusters game and it's super good despite the fact Winston's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you finish it and there's like oh there's a little animation of a ticker tape parade. The Ghostbusters are walking through it. Why is the music in this game credited to a man named Onion? Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly now we know how onion from uh steven universe does all his crimes that's how he,
0: yeah that's how he gets all the money to buy stuff yeah, yeah. He's like he, he works for compile
1: and he made this music for a video game
0: <laughs> maybe now he can like finally Coleman, admit it
2: maybe maybe that'll get him up. to cheer up a little
0: yeah, exactly. Like he can
2: finally come out and like get recognition on you know uh Moby games or something.
0: <laughs> as we as we mentioned, Tim Bathroom of the Future is coming to the uh, I want to say the Royal Music Theater. Is that no, right? no, Magic Bag, Magic Bag, Magic Bag in Ferndale. That's right. Uh, Bathroom
2: Clause is coming to
0: town. next thursday you guys are going to be opening for weedus it's going to be a great time where can people find bathroom in the future or your personal uh stuff i know you've got a website where you'll review video games occasionally
2: i have i haven't updated it in a super long time it's called videotron 2000 much like with everything in my life i can't pick good brand names so if you search videotron 2000 please type blog after that because videotron 2000 is actually some kind of like french video editing company i found out oh yeah so well one day i'm just gonna move to france and work for them um and then (laughs) bathroom of the future we're on like all the big uh social media profiles including threads recently again this that's gonna that's an evergreen topic for a podcast let's let's revisit this episode and see if we're all on threads in a year um,
1: (laughs) i mean i'd rather um, be there than twitter at this point yeah
2: yeah, oh yeah it's it's a low bar right like i'm into (laughs) it exactly but no like we're on all the major streaming services um Maybe not title anymore. We used to joke that we were on the Jay Z one, and I don't actually know if we are anymore. We'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to sign up for title and find out. Um, that's
1: okay. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're
2: pretty much anywhere if you look. But again, if you look for us, just type "bathroom of the future" band, or go to bathroomofthefuture.com. Because if you just type "bathroom of the future," it's a lot of like blog posts from like fixture companies about what the toilet of the future is going to do for you. Right. Oh, that's yeah. that's how we got so our like- website. Is like. Here's our music. Here's the bidets. Right, right. The guy from our friend, our friends in Pew Pew Pew. I was just talking to their singer on Twitter earlier today, and he he recommended me a specific brand of bidet that he uses at his house because he was talking about. I was like, man, I've wanted one since I got back from Japan, but like they're just they're all such a hassle to install, or they're like cheap and terrible, right? So. So yeah, the guy in Bathroom of the Future is still getting bathroom tips from others. I don't want y'all to think we're running like a monopoly on this. <laughs> you're getting um, bathroom tips. You're getting laser discs. It's, it's yep, hard yep, to right yep. being a rock star, yep. man. I, it is. No, it is. Like, my fa- my favorite mode of being in this band, we were playing Dragon Con, and like a group of like drunken sailor scouts came in to watch us. And then like a couple songs later, a different group of drunken sailor scouts that didn't know the first group came in to see us. <laughs> so suddenly there's just these two like like inebriated Sailor Moons with their boyfriends, just like partying up front. and I was thinking to myself, man, this is everything I've ever wanted to happen. If I could tell, <laughs> if I could tell me at thirteen years old, this is the sort of thing that would happen to my band. I'm all yeah. set. I am peaking right now as a human. <laughs> I've <laughs> done way all of this world. Ha- I need to
1: way better than anything that I would ever happen to Axl Rose. So, <laughs>
2: That's so true. I've
0: got a couple of questions to see yeah. uh, of what you've learned.
1: Can we get through them in six minutes?
0: Do you, do you do you? Want you got to go fast like Sonic. <laughs> Gotta go fast, like Sonic, right, exactly. Okay. Do you want to do it with with Tim like we did with James? So you've got kind of a backup.
1: You can. Okay. It's just do we do we have time?
0: Yeah, it's yes. only like five of these. Okay? okay.
2: Nothing but time. We got this. So I've got I've got the names of
0: um of different systems okay. that have come out, video game systems have come out, and you need to pick out which one is the Sega system. Okay. Okay. So we'll start here. Let's see. Let me find like well, let me find a pretty easy one. Uh the Casio Loopy the w-o-w-o-w or wow wow the chameleon or the dreamcast 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 we got yeah. it we got that. we're
2: there see you're doing what? great bud you're doing great
0: what is, what is, what is oh, wow wow okay. yeah no it's real it's real i looked Water. it up i'm coming pick.
2: back on this podcast to talk about the cassio loopy later though that's my next
0: oh call. yeah <laughs> all right for our second one we've got the dolphin the jaguar the neptune and the saturn saturn Sega saturn Correct. You made yeah. these
1: too easy.
0: Some of them are easy, some of them are <laughs> not. All right, they're gonna get harder here. Okay. All right. Next we've got the laser active, the turbo graphics, the Astrocade, and the mega drive. Turbo graphics? No, the turbo graphics nope. was a 16-bit system that was out at the same time as the Sega Genesis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which in Japan was known as the Mega Drive. Gotcha. So you're you're two for, two for three.
1: I'm not upset about that. Yeah. I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> All right. Next is just numbers. I just got numbers that go to a system, and you got to figure out which, which one is the Sega system. Oh,
1: boy.
0: I've got N64. That one's kind of easy. Yeah, that one's easy. 7800, 360, and 32X.
1: The second one?
0: The 7800? Uh, mm-hmm. That was an Atari system. Ah,
1: okay. There was
0: an add on for the uh, Sega Genesis that was called the 32X. That okay. they made just before they made the Saturn. Gotcha. And then, I, you know,
2: I was one of eight people that had that. No, <laughs> say, my dad got a four for right my out. birthday, and it came with a How really good games Star there Wars game. Thirty-two X. Oh, under like, twenty. Fourteen. Something, Something like that. The like final that. one ever was this, like, kind of crappy Spider-Man game that is yes. worth like several hundred dollars now, yep. despite it sucking.
0: All right, this is the last one. I've got the Zebo, the Amiko, the... the Pico, and the V Smile Baby Infant System.
2: That last one's a good band name.
0: <laughs> you do that again?
2: The Amico, the Zebo,
0: the Pico, and the V Smile Baby Infant System.
1: It just keeps going right through my head. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> that.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> most of the, most of these aren't real words. Most of these aren't <laughs> real words. Well, because well,
1: like uh, the Amica is that's actually something Mico. else that yep. I know. Okay, so that's that's screwing me up right out the gate. So what the second one? I don't Zeebo? know. Yeah.
2: Tim, do you do you know? It's Pico.
1: It's okay.
0: the Pico, the Sega Pico. My sister had one. It was a
2: children's okay. educational system. It was like a kind of like a weird tablet thing where you'd like, wow, I'm using this plastic pen to make tails of the fox move around. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tim, we love having you on the
0: podcast. Yeah. We'll do this again real soon.
2: Thanks for having me, buds. I appreciate. it. I was on silent for some of that, and I apologize. But I think you got the gold. Excellent. Yeah, you're good. <laughs>
0: Excellent. We'll be back uh with our serotonin boost in this week's really big fan pod. Thanks again to Tim from Bathroom of the Future. We're looking forward to seeing those guys next week, along with Weedus. Will it hurt Tim's feelings if I say I'm really looking forward to seeing Weedus more than his band?
1: I don't think so. You've That's, seen his band over 20 times. I, I have seen his
0: band a bunch of times, but I've never seen Weeders. But I am looking forward to seeing some friends of mine open for a popular band. That's always very exciting. I yeah. I like that better than I like actually being in a band opening for a popular band, because I have none of the stress if I'm just watching somebody's
1: <laughs> band open and I'm like, oh, I'm very proud. For, I'm very happy for you. I'm proud of you guys. I, I'm proud of him just for the fact that, like, this is my fault. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh uh-uh. Because I would seen that they were looking for an opener for this particular thing by the Booker, and I was like, "Dude, you should do this. Do it. <laughs> it's nerd rock. Do it." Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, "Look at, look at that. Look what I did. Look at you. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> look at us. Who would've thought?" I can't I can't take any credit for their content, but I can take credit for that part.
0: So right. I will. Exactly. <laughs> uh if you want to hear more from Bathroom of the Future, like Tim said, you can find them on all the major streaming services. You can follow them on social media at B O T F underscore Band. That's for Bathroom of the Future. Time for a serotonin boost, yeah, and I actually have mine. You already know, <laughs> instead of trying to think of one while the-
1: uh, we've been off, and then today we actually had
0: ones, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should do the show and eat at night time or uh, together, yeah. When we do it, still drinking coffee either way, so it's true, but you're always drinking coffee, yeah. So, my um, my serotonin boost is that uh, as we know, Nicolas Cage is coming to Dead by Daylight on July 25th. And somebody put up a, uh, a sledge on TikTok. Put up a TikTok that has some of his voice lines. Oh, even recorded yeah. for this. I got leaked. Yeah. Um. Let me see if I can play this for you. I'm Nick Fucking Cage. I'm not afraid. You can't kill me. I will live forever. Ah. Yeah. So. Nick Cage is giving us the full Nick Cage experience. Now I'm uh like before I was like, man, it'd be cool just to have a Nick Cage skin, but I really hope they have the the voice in there. Now that I know the voice is in there, I'm gonna have to split my time between Fortnite and Dead by Daylight. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's gonna be fun. Also it, it leads me to believe like can you trigger those while you're playing Nick Cage, or does he just do them randomly? Because a big part of that game is hiding. Yeah. And if Nick Cage is just screaming
1: all the time, you can't hide. Well, isn't is he a good guy or is he? Yeah, he's all of the survivors. Uh, yeah, yeah. The night. Because
0: one of the one of the lines he's got is "Get me off this fucking hook." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I'm uh, just hearing Nick Cage go crazy is is always gives me a little serotonin
1: right to your heart. Right. <laughs> exactly. For me, I am photographing Upheaval Fest this weekend, and uh, there is like tons of bands on that lineup. Um, I actually realized sometime last week that I was like, I actually have potentially two chances to photograph Bring Me the Horizon in the same month. Interesting. Like within two weeks of each other, if I can get into that Fall Out Boy show. Yeah, but like that's their their um opener, like their special guest. So I'm like poisoned. A
0: month is pretty wild. <laughs> You're going to get those photos confused if you don't put them in the right folders.
1: Uh, I'll definitely recognize the difference between Knob and and upheaval, I think. <laughs> but uh, they they announced that S.K. Alexandria and one of the other bands had to drop out and they added Flyleaf with Lacey Strum to the lineup, which I never thought I'd get to see Flyleaf. I think that's so the... Wild.
0: That might be a bit of an upgrade, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to redo my asking Alexandria pictures because last time I photographed them was in 2016, and I was not good.
0: But like, how? What? What are the chances that you know? How often do you get a chance to see flyleaf as opposed to see asking Alexandria?
1: That's true. They're they're coming back in like a couple months anyway. Right. Um, But the for flyleaf. I had applied to Sick New World which was the new metal yes. version of uh when we, we were when young, we were young yeah and I was just like I'm probably not going to get this but I I, I got to try for Flyleaf and all these other bands and then I didn't get it so it's kind of cool now like I was already accepted to this festival and now I find out I get to shoot nice. Flyleaf so that'll be pretty cool for the weekend so yeah. if you if you hear this between friday to saturday and you're at upheaval fest people flag me down because i get in a zone and i don't i don't notice people and i don't see faces i'm like working my brain is like if you want to say hi to me say hi to me so have resting bitch face it's okay you can interrupt me
0: what about (laughs) because you you've, you've talked about shooting shows before in your in your serotonin boost what about shooting the festival this weekend is is making you like excited or giving you that that boost of like hell yeah life is all right
1: there's different uh there's different artists on there that i have not photographed before and there are some that i get to update photos for which is both exciting because it's like i feel like within the pandemic uh my style changed mm-hmm. and so by the time i came out of the pandemic my concert photos look way different than okay I did before when you go, like you look at 2019 to 2021, they're way different. Yeah, I'm like, oh, cool! I developed a different style, so I kind of want to get everything to look that way. Doing festivals is great because you can bang out a bunch of people all at one time. Yeah, so then you don't have to like apply for these things. And right. So, like when I usually do festivals, it's like movement and stuff. So it's not a bunch of bands that I know. Sure. The closest I've gotten to doing like a rock festival is is um rip, rip Fest. Fest. And so, like, that's the only real thing other than I did self-help fest when they had it one year. Oh, cool. So those are the only ones that I've done, but those have been local to Detroit yeah. at that point. So this is the first festival I get to do that's not a Detroit-based festival. Interesting. I've never done anything out of state. And you're excited about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That means that means I'm doing something right because it cool. means I'm getting access to things I didn't have before. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I I know it's not like... Uh, a pop culture thing that everybody else can share with. Well, me. no, and I, phone.
0: I certainly wasn't like I wasn't demanding you like you know. Oh no no <laughs> you know? Why is this count? Kind of that. fun. I was just like I I, I wondered.
1: Yeah. What about it? There's a bunch of different reasons why, but uh, I just it, love
0: shooting. It's obvious why I like Nick Cage screaming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Every, everyone loves Nick Cage losing his shit. You know, I would hate to find somebody that doesn't like Nick
0: Cage. Because then, you have I don't think like I them. I don't think I can vibe with them. Yeah. I think if people are like not nah, at cage eight for me, yep. I think if uh, if Mike Pandoff says that to me during the double feature podcast at any point <laughs> that the show is over. Yep, We're like, we're done here.
1: You <laughs> like telling Mike that you don't like Star Wars.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's going to be that it's, it's, looking at the list of movies we're doing for the first couple episodes, there's it's definitely there. There's it's going to be a test. Yeah. I think on his part more than mine. I think I think there's movies in there that I think he really loves that I'm just kind of lukewarm on. Yeah. So we'll see. But if you want to hear it, uh, episodes of that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks on Patreon. It's a Patreon exclusive show, and at the uh, five dollar tier, you can get ad free shows. And I think I think we'll just put the the yeah I would- the Patreon show on the five dollar tier. We hadn't talked about it. We're doing it live on air now. Uh, but yeah, so uh, follow us on Patreon. Follow us on social media. Like you said, we're on threads now. Yep. And you can find us at everything at Really Big Fan Pod. That's right? Correct. There you go. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Rate and review us wherever you get in podcasts. Follow our YouTube uh, our YouTube channel and subscribe to that. And of course, follow us on Twitch if you want to watch us play video games as well as record this podcast.
1: Stay frosty, cheese bags.
0: No, it's stay fresh, cheese bags. Oh, is it? Stay fresh, cheese bags.
1: There you go. I don't I don't know the full quote. So <laughs> I don't know how to end this.
0: All right. That's good. Pull me off the stage, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>
1: When did turtlenecks become inherently evil? Like, when were they not? I feel like all... Jobs? I feel like most villains wear turtlenecks. But Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs, well, maybe. I mean, Steve I get Steve
0: Jobs was a billionaire, but like... Yeah, Yeah, I don't have any... Evil. I don't have any specific things against Steve Jobs, so I don't... And I don't have a lot of uh, frame of reference for Steve Jobs, but like...
1: Literally, what I, the only reason I'm even thinking about this in the first place is because Christian Cage.
0: Yeah, Christian Cage wears turtlenecks. Yeah, he's a mad bastard.
1: Yeah, I love that he cut the sleeves off that turtleneck for that pay per view. He's even eviler. <laughs>
0: Somehow, like, not have sleeves on the turtleneck. You no, know, I think if you look at some most of the villains in Die Hard, most of like the the guys like obviously yeah, was the 80s. Hans Gruber wears a suit. Yes, but that's but his 80s. brother in Die Hard with a Vengeance, I'm pretty sure, is in a turtleneck.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I figure like anybody in the 80s just wore turtlenecks anyway. I mean, look at the rock with his fanning pack. Turtleneck. Turtleneck,
0: Turtleneck chain, chain is, is sipping crazy. out a light beer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so like I, I don't necessarily think that turtlenecks are evil, but they're becoming a trope of evil.
0: Yeah. Well, it's something about the like having clothes that are choking you. It's just like the next thing we're going to see is uh, they're the uh, villains or Disney villains are all going to be wearing those chokers with the little heart
1: out of them. I mean, those I hope leather chokers. That, that has a whole different connotation. It's going to be hot. <laughs> As if the moms don't already have enough <laughs> with, you know, Mrs. Incredible and all of them. You know,
0: eyes. I have such a hard time not... Titling the episode after our post episode (laughs) and is if the moms didn't have enough would be (laughs) such a good title for this episode. And you know what's unfortunate is no one
1: can find the episodes they're looking for because of this titling. (laughs) Because like I realized it when I tried to recommend Sam's episode to somebody on threads. I was like, I've interviewed a couple concert photographers on there already. They're like, oh, cool. And I was like, here, here's Sam's. And I sent them just the normal link to the blog post, but I'm like, if they try to find this on Spotify or something, they're not going to know what episode. In the description. <laughs> still. Still stuck at Grandma's Ghost
0: Breakfast. Well, yeah, that is our most popular episode. And I like to think it's because people want to know what is Grandma's Ghost Breakfast.